Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Ravi Abuvala, founder of ScalingWithSystems.com. And if you want to learn how to successfully build world-class relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm talking with Ravi Abuvala. Ravi is a law school dropout and the founder of Scaling with Systems, a business accelerator that works to bootstrap and scale their clients' businesses, leveraging elimination, scaled two seven-figure businesses with less than $1,000 of his own capital and four commission-based employees. To date, he's worked with over 500 firms around the world and placed close to 600 fully trained virtual assistants for his clients. And he's been featured in Forbes and Fox News. Guys, it's going to be packed full of practical, practical content you can implement into your business today. I can't wait to get into some of these things with Ravi. But first, really quickly... If you are a seven-figure entrepreneur yourself and you know the credibility, the authority, the network building that comes from a podcast, and you know how much a podcast will benefit your business, but you just don't have the time or team or resources to dedicate to it to figure it all out, then have me and my team do that for you. Head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. There's a quick application there. We'll jump on a phone call to see if we'd be a good fit to build out a show for you so that you can focus on what you're good at, which is you know being the owner of your company and servicing your clients. And we can focus on what we're good at, which is building world-class podcasting content. That's Travis Apple.com slash make my podcast. Ravi, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming on the show today. 
Travis, what is going on? Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm super excited to get this going. Yeah, of course, man. So let's go ahead, take it back and chat about what life was like for, let's say, middle school Ravi. Like go <laughs> way back here, 12, 13 years old. Talk to me like what your parents pushing you to do. How was school for you? Sports, activities, like all that kind of good stuff. That's awesome. I haven't got a middle school question and I'm relatively young too. So it's like funny when people say like, you know, let's talk about your childhood 20, 30 years ago. But anyway, yeah. yeah so for me, middle school is interesting, right? Both my parents were entrepreneurs themselves. They had a really successful, it was a wholesale gift business. So they sold to like Bed Bath & Beyond and a bunch of these like larger companies before really Amazon and the internet started rolling out. And we did very well. My parents did really, really well. I actually lived a pretty privileged younger life. And however, you know, my dad always wanted me to be a lawyer. I come from an Indian family and most of my family lives in India. And at least in my experience, so I don't generalize a bunch of people together, you're either a doctor or a lawyer, right? That's like, that was the options that I was kind of laid out in front of me. And so didn't want to go to you know medical school for 10 years. That sounded like an absolute nightmare. So I was like, oh, let me do the, the lawyer thing. So whole life, like middle school, president of middle school, high school, president of high school, like, you know, the whole life was kind of geared around being this lawyer law firm thing. And it was also interesting as well, because like, you know, my dad in that middle school, then going into high school time, the exact time frame we're talking about, that was kind of, you know, 08, 09, when some of that stuff was going down. And Amazon was also coming out, they were removing the middleman, which was my dad's company. And he went from this incredibly thriving business to kind of essentially collapsing down in front of him. And so then it was like even more vital for me not to go into this entrepreneurship thing and go into the quote unquote, safe law route as well. So Middle, middle school was really turbulent because it was like, uh, you know, beginning of middle school, I was like living this lavish lifestyle. And then end of middle school, high school, kind of saw everything fall and, and crumble down in front of me. So kind of a transformative years in my life, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. Was your focus, obviously, if you're going to be a lawyer, then you probably had to take school very seriously at that time? Yeah, it was. Some people would like to call a nerd, right? I didn't have my first alcoholic beverage until I was 19 years old. I mean, I was like, it was just like, I was known as that guy. And I loved it, though. It was like, I really love school. I really do. I love learning, I guess I should say, right? I really love learning. And I love the ability to perform in a way that I could be better than other people and it could show up like numerically, like you have a grade on this and you have a grade on that, right? Yeah. Just a really competitive guy. And so, yeah, it kind of played out in middle school and high school where it was just like, you got to be focused 100% on school. And then even in college, because if you're trying to go to law school, anyone here that's listening to this, if you know anything about it, it's ranked on two major things, right? Em employee history, that stuff doesn't really matter at all. It's either your GPA and or your law school admission test score, your LSAT score. And so for your GPA, like I wanted to go to a top 10 law school in the nation. And in order to do that, you had to have a minimum 4.0, right? Not including the weighted stuff. So you couldn't, there was no time for games, to be honest with you. And how did that end up going for you out of high school? Out of high school, I ended up, I got into a bunch of colleges in Florida, full rides. I was lucky enough to have that. And then I was choosing between University of Florida or Florida State, but because I wanted to go into law and I actually thought I wanted to be in politics, which, you know, considering the current state of affairs in the world. I'm so happy I didn't do that. But um, <laughs> I decided yeah, to go into Florida State University because it was at the capital of Florida. And actually, because of that, I ended up working for the governor of Florida for a while as well. I got like firsthand uh, interaction with what politics was like. Luckily enough, I did that because then I realized I sure as hell don't want to be in politics. That really, really solidified that with me. And uh, yeah, college, I had a great time. Also really focused on school and graduated 
top of my class uh, for college and kind of in route with this law school like path. So at what point did you realize that you didn't want to go down that path anymore? Like, were you actually in law school? Did you get accepted and like go to it and then be like, actually, nah? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy you asked that question because anybody listening to this right now, uh, I'm, a, I'm a marketer at heart. And so the law school dropout is just great for headlines. But to be honest with you, what happened was I did apply to law school. I did get in law school, but I graduated law school. And like I said, the second part of that law school admission part was that law school admission test. And so I, in order to get a really high score on it, you really got to take some time off to take it, right? It's just impossible to do it while you're working or doing anything else. And you really can't do it in like three months. That's how you get a mediocre score. You go to mediocre school. So I ended up deciding I was going to take a year off after I graduated. And I graduated I went back home to my hometown. And I was like just gearing up to just spend the next year studying. Got a call from my dad a few days later. He lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And survivor rates of that are very, very low if anybody knows anything about it. And how, long, how long ago was that? That was in 2018 or no, 2017. I'm sorry. In, in 2017, August of 2017. So uh, he's in remission. I just came back. Like I told you before we started, I just came back from seeing him in Savannah, Georgia, literally two days ago. So he's been in remission now for almost three years. So we're super, super blessed. But but the time, obviously, he didn't know that. And so he had to go to chemo and radiation five days a week. And he lived by himself. And so I ended up packing up my stuff, moving up to Atlanta, Georgia. And then, Travis, for the next year, I literally was like, wake up at 4 a.m., work out until 5.30. 5.30 to 8, I was studying for law school. 8 until 5 or 6, I was at the local hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, doing chemo and radiation with my dad. And then 5 to 6 to almost like midnight, I was studying for law school again. So like super difficult time in my life, but really, really taught me discipline and did a whole year of that. And then it was just like near the end of it that I was just like, you know, spending time in these chemo units and these radiation units, like with my dad and other people who, you know, you, you know, you're, you're there for eight hours. So you're talking to these people. It's not, you know, and these people thought that they had 10 more years, 30 more years, 50. I mean, some people were in their twenties, late twenties that I was sitting there with. And, you know, I could see myself in their shoes and it's like, they were either just graduated school. They had put off gratification or chasing their dreams because they're like, Oh, well, I was going to wait till I graduated. Then I was going to get a five years under my belt. Then, And so, you know, it's cheesy, but you kind of realize how real fragile life is. And that just hit me. And I remember coming downstairs one day, I read a great book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I was just like, I am chasing this all for the wrong reasons. And I remember coming downstairs and just telling my dad, I'm not going to law school. I'm doing this for what you guys want, not for what I want. I'm going to take the test because I studied for my whole life for this. And I would be asinine for me just to walk out on it here, but I'm not putting it on going. So Long story short, took the test. I actually got in the top 10% of test takers in the United States. So I got into the dream school. I got everything laid out ahead of me. And then I quit and I started working in an Italian restaurant as a waiter while I figured out my entrepreneurship journey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was the general consensus from friends and family at that time? Very, very disappointed. I, 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 I mean, it was... <laughs> yeah, it was failed out of it. And then, and then like, well, guess I better go be a waiter. It was like... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But now I'm a waiter. I'm almost positive my parents just like didn't even recognize it or when people ask like, what's Ravi doing? They just like, oh, he's still going to law school. No one even talked about it, right? And I had actually dropped off the face of the earth for the past year because I was just like, there was no social life. I was just like law school and taking care of my dad. I mean, I was looking back at my text messages for this piece of content. I mean, I probably had like 100 text messages in that year total. Like I wasn't doing anything but like studying and working with my, or helping my dad out. And so the only really people that knew were really like my really close family and they all thought that I was crazy and I was throwing it all away. And then you couple the fact that I start working in an Italian restaurant down the road and like no offense to waiters at all my 
whole family's in the restaurant business. But you know, that's like, you know, it's a transient job, right? You're just doing that until you find something else. I'm making like $2,000 a month. I passed up all these kind of law school opportunities. So and then there was a point in my life, Travis, where I thought I had I had made a really big mistake. I really I mean, I was like eight months into the entrepreneurship, I had made $3,000 total, right? And two of those $3,000 were my cousin, you're working full time as a waiter, and also trying to figure something out. On and also side. trying to do that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, trying to working as a waiter just to kind of pay ends me because like, I mean, I didn't work while I was with my dad. So I had about $12,000 in credit card debt at that point. And so I had to work. And I also had to kind of do this entrepreneurship thing. So I still remember like, you know, while I was waiting for the people to come to the tables and sit down for dinner, you know, we'd open at five o'clock, but people would really show up at 630. I would be literally on my computer, like on Ty Lopez's course on YouTube, just like trying to figure out how to do the digital marketing thing. Right. And yeah, it was like eight months of me doing that and really not having any traction before some things finally started clicking for me. And then it was just like insane month over month growth. And that just kind of, you know, exponentially happened until we got to where we are today. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. How much money do you think you spent or invested, I guess be a better term for it, in between the time that you started your entrepreneurial type journey and the time where you felt like you were actually making decent money? Let's say like a 10K month. How much money did you invest into you know, courses, trainings, or even just ad spend or like a funnel architect or any of those things? 
Yeah, that's an awesome question. I don't think I've gotten that before. So, you know, I, I, I bought one course for $9.97. That wasn't, didn't really teach me much, but what it did do was it just showed me what was possible. Like, okay, people are going to pay this for yeah. this kind of thing. And then that introduced me to that world. In that world, I found another course. That one was for $2,000. That one was a lot more in-depth. And really more importantly than that, it gave me access to a community of other entrepreneurs doing the same stuff. And then it was like, I went from like not knowing anybody in this world and like not having any friends because I was doing this thing that was different. I hadn't talk to anybody in a year and a half to now having like Facebook community conversations and these Facebook groups and going live. And like, then I started having traction. People started messaging me. I was like, this is awesome. And then that led to a mastermind I went to in person in about October of 2018, which was, that was when like the thing started clicking. I started talking to guys there, like all my friends that I'd been talking online, we finally, Hey, you hear about this mastermind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ended up meeting in Atlanta, Georgia and met all my friends there. And then I met some guys doing like $60,000 a month, $80,000, $120,000 a month. And I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know this stuff was even possible. And then, you know, they're giving me their secrets. I'm like writing down notes there. And then there was a gentleman that was on stage. He was doing about $80,000 a month. And at lunchtime, I walked up to him and I said, how much would it take for me to pay you in order to get to $50,000 a month? And he gave me a number and I PayPal'd it to him right there at lunch. And he ended up helping me kind of kickstart that process. And yeah, it's been a hell of a journey since then, for sure. So probably totally like $8,000, I'd say totality between uh, when I started, decided I was going to be an entrepreneur to when I had my first $10,000 a month. Yeah. And obviously... The big takeaway here from the story for me is the networking aspect, is the fact that when you decided that this new path, this new career or journey was going to be the one that you're going to go down, you didn't just isolate yourself until you figured it out on your own. You showed up to industry events, went to masterminds, you invested in, your, in yourself in, in courses and stuff like that. And, and, and you were doing all the things that you should be doing to try to figure those things out up to the point where you saw a guy and said, Hey, please let me pay you. Please let me pay you so that I can get access to your knowledge because you've clearly figured something out that I haven't figured out yet. And I want access to that. So first off, props to you for even being the person to get out and go to those places. Even that sometimes is a struggle for a lot of other people that are still stuck in that limiting mindset where they're just like, oh, I can't afford the 500 bucks for the plane ticket or whatever it is. And that prevents them from seeing the next level of themselves come out. Because I think the underlying issue is that if you're stuck in that mindset, then you're always going to be stuck at that level of thinking. Like you have to adopt the mindset of the level you're trying to go to before you reach the level that you're trying to go to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I could not agree at, more. <laughs> yeah, like if you're looking at a flight for 500 bucks, it's like, oh, this is way too much for me to be able to get out to this event. But your goals are, man, I want to, you know, I want to make a million dollars a year or I want to make $10 million a year. I want to make a half a million. I want to make six figures. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever your goal is, your actions have to match up to the level of the goal that you have or to the identity of the person who is capable of reaching that goal. And you think somebody that is making seven figures is going to balk at a $500 flight that could maybe potentially allow them to 10x their business or double their business or increase their business by 20% even. Like 500 bucks is such an insignificant amount of money and yet it becomes an obstacle for a lot of people because they buy into that limiting belief that they're not there yet and they'll wait for some future date where this abstract thing is going to happen and they'll be able to make it happen and somehow, you know, I could not agree more. On top of that, I'll even say to your credit, what you just said about the networking, the first client I ever got was literally six months into the entrepreneurship journey. And it was just because I was about to just go back to law school. But the problem was nobody knew what I was doing. I was so afraid of telling people that I was an entrepreneur because like, like we had said, I was like supposed to be this law school person. And then I was an entrepreneur. And then what if the entrepreneurship thing failed? And then everyone thought that, oh, you know, he failed on entrepreneurship. Now he's going back to law school because he couldn't do entrepreneurship. And it wasn't until one day I was just like, you know what, this is it. I'm going to post 
on my social media, one of my testimonials from my only client that I have and just like put it out to my network and just see what happens, right? And I remember posting it and being so afraid of what my friends and family and everyone thought. And then I remember coming back from this run after I posted it and I had like, I actually literally just pulled it up 10 minutes before the show because I'm creating this new piece of content on it. And I had like 80 comments on it and like 120 likes and I ended up getting all these, Ruby, I didn't know you were in digital marketing. I didn't know you were lead generation. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Can you help me? And we ended up just snowballing at that point into so much growth and it was because I didn't even tell anybody what I was doing. So no one could even help me in the first place for my personal network. And then, yeah, I could not agree more. Like anybody that's making any significant amount of money that you want to learn from, you're not going to be able to really learn from them for free. It's going to be really impossible, right? Because they don't have any time as it is already. And so, yeah, that's why, you know, I see it's a scam. All the people say coaching programs and these things are a scam. And those are the same people that don't ever get there. And I do understand that money can be tight, but you just have to understand as well that like, even if it's not the information or the knowledge that you're paying for, for coaching programs or masterminds, whatever it is, just number one, proximity, I think is huge, absolutely huge in networking events. Uh, And then number two, like just talking to someone like I did, who can totally transform your entire life or meeting somebody there that you can start a business with, get some piece of advice from whatever it is, you're not going to get that, you know, at the bar or the club down the road, which are probably spending $500 a month on the drinks every month anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. For me, man, people that cry scam are usually the people that are in it for the short term. They see big success, they see big lights, and they're like, oh, I'll invest five grand into this program or 10 grand into this program or 500 bucks into this program, whatever the price point is, right? And they, they get into it and then they see all the hard work and years of sacrifice and hours and money that people pour into this thing. And they realize they're like, oh, I don't want to go down this path. But then they just cry scam and, and, and blame it on somebody else because they're not willing to put in the work. That's typically the type of person, I'm not saying that happens every time. And are there scam artists? Yes, there are. And should you be careful? Yes, you should because some people sell expensive programs and don't deliver anything. I totally get all of that. But for me, I feel like I've been not scammed out of money, but definitely paid too much for certain things along my journey over the last few years. And um, and I've probably wasted tens of thousands of dollars that I could have kept. But for me, it's really about the fact that whenever I invest a portion of money into myself, it's another bet on me. It's another thing that changes in my mindset and the things that I believe about myself to be true. Every time I make an investment, regardless of if that, in, that particular investment actually works out or does what it was supposed to do, it's just another thing that I can put up and just say, you know what, like I'm in this to win this. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to be a flash in the pan. I'm not just trying to find some small level of short-term success. Like I will be doing this until I figure it out. And if that's the end game, that's the end game. And a five, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar price point shouldn't be something that prevents me from trying to achieve those things I'm trying to achieve because the bigger picture is so much bigger than that. And in the grand scheme of things, like twenty-five thousand dollars, is it a lot of money intrinsically? Sure. But comparatively to the what I need to live the rest of my life, it's like one one thousandth of that, <laughs> like one, one, whatever the math is on that, right? So people think about their money in these short term uh, type of terms instead of looking at it in the big picture of life. Like, hey, I have something. I know that I want to make X amount of dollars to be able to live the life that I want to be able to live. Like twenty five grand, that's like a few months Nothing. of bills. Like it doesn't even doesn't even get me a full year out of it. You know what I mean? So I think people have that tendency to be super fearful and let that control them. And then they get burned once and they're like, that's it. I'm done. I'll yeah, I'm out. Again. I'm not doing it anymore. And that's so well said. And like on top of all that, 
like as long as you know, like the cool thing about what you just said is you're betting on yourself. So as long as you really trust in yourself, then you'll be fine. And even in addition to that, as long as you look to pull something from every experience, you will, right? So like I lost $35,000 in the beginning of 2019 investing into this Amazon automation business that I thought was going to help me out, right? And it sounded too good to be true, but I was like, you know, whatever, I got money to, to burn. Let's just try to invest. And if it works out, it'll be great. And I knew somebody else that it was working out for and ended up losing $35,000 doing that. I mean, just absolutely ran away with it didn't see one return on investment, $1 from it. But instead of like a scam and never investing into anything ever again, I was like, really, that that's on me for thinking that I was going to have this like all done for you. My lesson from that was if it sounds too good to be true, there's a good chance that it really is too good to be true. And so there's plenty. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in the past two and a half years, some of it turning fruitful, some of it not. I've spent $35,000, got $0 back. I've spent $1,000 and made millions from that $1,000 thing. So I think the more important aspect of all of that is like, you know, you just got to keep on going at bat there and just like keep on reinvesting back in because eventually it will hit. But if like you have that 35,000 and I just was like, I'm not investing any more money, whatever. Then the next time an opportunity came and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I could just be turning out potentially millions of dollars. So yeah, I think it's important to make school. that distinction. And be back in law school. Yeah. And my law school test was good for five years. So I mean, I, I'm not joking you, Travis. I was like really, really close to being I a bet, lawyer. Uh, that because yeah. I had some of those moments <laughs> myself and I didn't have a law school thing to, bat, to, to like fall back on. So I'm sure you were super close to, to uh, jumping back into something like that, bro. No doubt there. This is a question that I, that I got asked, bro. This is one that I ask every guest that's ever come onto the show. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Who you know or what you know, Ravi, which of those two is more important? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm reading Three Feet from Gold right now. And he's like literally first two chapters. I think he, it was quoting from Think or Grow Rich, but he's like, you know, two things that are changed between now and five years from now is, you know, what you read and who you know, pretty much. And so who you know, or what you know, I would argue, you know, if I had to choose between two of them, obviously, it's a loaded question, and you're gonna put me on the spot in front of your whole audience. But I would say it's what you know, in, in reality, in my opinion, because I know really incredible people. And even back then, when I was younger, I knew really incredible people. If I had no utility to those people, right, if I was just pretty much like, oh, he knows him, he's just that guy, then I just knew those people, right. And I would be coming to them asking this favor, whatever it is. But now that I have utility, I'm able like I saw I know, you've worked with Kevin Harrington before. He just literally just joined our program three days ago. So him and Brian Harrington just joined and started working with us. And so like, I didn't know him before. But when I approached him, I had utility of how I could help him. And now because of what I know, what I had been practicing for the past two and a half years. And now because of that, now it's I can say I know Kevin Harrington, I'm working with Kevin Harrington. And now when he introduces me to his friends, uh, that then the who you know, does come into play there. But in order to even have that at bat, I had to have the kind of what you know, part of it. Sure. Yeah, good answer, man. Good answer. That's why I tell people all the time. That's why I ask that question open-ended like that because, you know, different people have different experiences and there's no discrediting when somebody has been able to achieve what you've been able to achieve in, in the amount of time that you've been able to achieve it. So real quick, Ben, I want to ask you this question. Can you think of a time? Can you tell us a story about a time where you met somebody and had no idea that it would turn into something later on down the road, but it ended up actually turning into something later, an opportunity, a connection, a sale of you know, something came from something that you just completely were not expecting. So I went that same mastermind I went to two years ago that totally transformed everything. It didn't just transfer everything for my business. But if you guys remember at that time, I was saying, you know, I think entrepreneurship is really lonely. And then if you do like 
digital entrepreneurship, online entrepreneurship, it's like even lonelier, right? And now in this world that we live in where everything's remote, people like starting to adjust to it. But like, you know, Travis, me, everyone else, we've been doing this for a while now, right? This is like my lifestyle really did not change too much when this happened, but it can be kind of lonely. And so I ended up meeting at this mastermind event, two guys, uh, Jeff and Justin, that uh, were just like casually, hey, what's going on? I stayed at this kind of mansion in Atlanta with all these other guys that were going to the event, met each other, you know, I had a good time talking, whatever it was. A few months later, I ended up working with a gentleman down in Cabo San Lucas. And, uh, you know, I told him what I charge. He said, hey, I have a $3 million house on the water there. How about we do an exchange of services, 14 days? And then you do this for me. I'm like, yeah, sign me up, right? I'll, I'll no problem with that. And then of course I was like, well, what am I going to go to Cabo by myself? I'm like, I mean, it sounds just so depressing. And I didn't have any friends that I could be like, hey, you want to come to Cabo for 14 days? And they're like, yeah, sure, right? And then be able to get off work and still be able to make money and all that. So I ended up calling these two guys that I met at this mastermind, barely knew either of them, and said, hey, you got to pay for your flight, but I have a place for us to stay. You guys want to come down there and kind of network a mastermind. Of course, they said yes. And then those two guys I ended up living in South America with. I traveled all across the United States with. We go to Europe with them and then ended up moving into a beautiful house on the water in San Diego. They're the current roommates that I have right now. And they both do companies that complement my companies. And we've sent each other hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business, right? From our individual personal networks. And then like one of them's a financial consultant. And so like, you know, I don't know anything about stocks or investing or, you know, anything that's going on really financially. I just focus on my business. And so I'm able to walk across my room and get, you know, access to funding or access to this knowledge that he spent two and a half years becoming a domain authority of and that he charges tens of thousands of dollars to do. I mean, hey, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? He answers it to me in 10 minutes, same way, vice versa. So it was like, just like, once again, that same kind of event at Mastermind. I got access to other people that were really similar to me that I didn't have access to before, end up becoming my best friends. And now, you know, two years later, after traveling the world together, we end up living in a house in San Diego together. Yeah, such an amazing story, man. Great way to, to start closing this episode up. I do want to move on to the last segment here, something that's called the random round. Just a few quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? Yes, sir. Let's rock and roll. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Based on the knowledge that I have about like systems and virtual assistants and scaling and lead generation, I would absolutely crush the recruiting industry. And the way that they get paid is just unbelievable. Yeah, I would crush it as a recruiter. I always said that if, if I lost everything tomorrow, especially the way the world is right now, man, I would just go become a recruiter and just go make millions of dollars recruiting for other people. If you could sit on a park bench with somebody, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be? Probably Winston Churchill, I would probably say. I really love Winston Churchill, read his biography. I think he's obviously one of the most renowned people in history and what he did for the UK and even arguably the world and taking the risks that he did and the way he kind of thought about it all, pretty renowned. I'd love to be able to kind of pick his brain. That's one of my top answers for sure for that question. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? For me, it's books. You know, you can't see in this video, but I have probably 150 books on the other side of this thing. I probably read one book a week, to be honest with you, and gotten more from books than any kind of program coaching or anything I've been in before. It sometimes blows my mind the amount of information that they give away in books and that like even I charge a lot of money for. I'm like, oh, people could just get this in a book right here. I was totally allergic to reading is, is why <laughs> is why I like that answer because I used to just not like it at all. And now it's definitely a part of my life. Give us a book then uh, that you'd recommend. It depends on what you're in. But if you're looking for like lead generation, I, I, one of the, my most favorite recent books that I've been reading is called Predictable Revenue by uh, Aaron Ross. And it's pretty killer. He, it's specifically, it's called the Silicon Valley Bible, but it can apply to really anybody's businesses. But it just talks about if you can have consistent lead generation, specifically outbound lead generation, which is what we specialize in scaling systems, your whole company will explode in a matter of fun. 
balance. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Uh, so wake up at about six o'clock every day. I used to work out in the morning before I started working, but then I realized how much compression that puts on my nervous system, which will have an impact on my right. daily output. So now I work out in the afternoon. But yeah, I wake up in the morning at six, meditate, I read, I write, I have my cup of coffee, I call a few of my family loved ones, and then usually by eight o'clock in the morning, I just sit down and I'm starting to work until about 12 o'clock. No Slack, no email, no phone, no text, nothing. Just eight to 12 every single day. That's when I'm doing my best work. What is your go-to pump-up song? <laughs> Frozen, no. It's, uh, <laughs> it is uh, hip-hop by Dead Prez. I'd probably say that kind of gets me amped up. What is something, putting business aside, just general life, what is something that you're just not very good at? Honestly, relationships, I'm pretty awful at maintaining them, growing them, especially with a significant other. I really, really struggle with that. It's really hard to find someone that, that is okay with this schedule and, and the priorities I have in my life right now. So I'm a young guy, so I'll probably figure it out in the next five, 10 years. Makes sense. Definitely uh, worth pumping the brakes and not rushing into anything on that one. <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what is one place online where listeners can go to connect with you the most? Yeah, that would be awesome. So if anybody's listening to this and they're curious about about, you know, scaling with systems, what we've done, and how we are able to help kind of a lot of these companies scale to six, seven, eight figures using outbound messaging. We have a free course where I cover everything, where you should be sending outbound messages, where you find virtual assistants to send the outbound messages, what channels you should use, how to use the ads, et cetera, et cetera. And all you have to do is go to scalingwithsystems.com slash gift, G-I-F-T, and you'll be able to get access to that free course. And I think there's about 18 different modules inside of there. People charge $9.97 for that and you can get it and you'll be able to to kind of set up that predictable lead generation machine for your own company. Scalingwithsystems.com slash gift. Head over there, grab a copy of this course. Um, guys, this is the system that he teaches to all of his private clients and implements for them that uh, Ravi's been able to generate multiple seven figures on in the last couple of years. So you're definitely going to want to go check that out. Again, that's scalingwithsystems.com slash gift. Ravi, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. This is Travis. A, a, a lot of fun. It was an absolute pleasure, my man. And thank you, everybody who uh, lent me your ears for the past you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I really do appreciate your time. And I hope I'm able to speak with some of you guys some more. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.